I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How are you doing? Oh, man. Big nights, but doing good. Me too. <laughs> you hurting a little bit? No, but I should be. I think it's going to catch up with me. Oh, no. What, what were you doing? Uh, just uh, out in Los Angeles. Well, you know what will make you feel better? Ooh, listener calls. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. <laughs> The listener calls will also help, but firstly, do give yourself a healthy dose of athleticgreens.com slash surf jazz. That'll cure whatever ails you. I can't wait to go in and just suck it down with the vitamin D drops that it comes with when you backslash or I mean forward slash surf. Slash it. Just slash it, surf. (laughs) Do you do your D3, your vitamin three, vitamin D? Sorry. Uh, in every athletic greens you do? Yes. I, well, yeah, I think I forget sometimes this morning I didn't do it, but five times out of seven, I do it. I would say it's good. It's good for you. Yeah. (laughs) Vitamin D is great period. Uh, and you can get a free year supply of vitamin D when you go to our link, which is athleticgreens.com slash surf for all of your health needs. This is a call in response to the guy who called out Chaz last week, called him out for being lazy. And then he ended with get barreled. Look, brah, how long you been listening to the show? It's get barrel, one barrel. Got it? One small, one small barrel of a man, one giant cavern for mankind. You. There you go. You don't even have to defend yourself. People nope. will come in and defend you. <laughs> well, I love that Get Barrel is absolutely the laziest thing on earth, too. The, it's the epitome of laziness. And there we go. You know, so that all started with your Instagram posts. You would write that on Instagram. And I just thought it was so funny. And now it's actually become a thing over the course yeah. of years of using it. It's get Barrel. Get Barrel. All right, Chaz, welcome to the show. September 23rd, 
we are again on Zoom. Am I ever going to see you in real life again? Man, I mean, I'm going to say for sure this coming Thursday. I was thinking about this coming Saturday and Sunday, if you want to go to Del Mar oh, Fairgrounds. That too, that too. I'm down there on Saturday. Uh, Matt Warshaw is going to be there. I'm going to meet Matt Warshaw there. Did it's you talk be... to him? I did. Okay. Did you uh, schedule the time? I did not schedule a time. I just told him I would meet him there sometime after lunch. Okay. So listeners who want to actually meet you and don't come early in the day, come after lunch. I'll be there at lunch or after. Yeah. Everybody and has nutcracker audition or rehearsals all day, I think. So I'll drop her off and then come right on over. Okay, cool. And then are you going to bring reports from hell books to sell I in will. the booth? Okay. I will. Sweet. I'll have reports from hells. So we've got um, a booth. We're going to be selling t-shirts, stickers, make Chaz grit again, hats, and of course, reports from hell books. So come on by, grab some merch, shake hands, kiss hands, shake babies. I'll be there kissing hands and shaking babies. Uh, any progress since last week on the BG World Tour? In gravy, I put Derek on it. I did my work and emailed Derek and told Derek, get a hold of Ben. This is a great idea. And Derek thought it was, a, I think, thought it was a good idea and said, I'll get on to Ben. But then it's been silence ever since. Ben Gravy uh, versus the world, though, has taken off, I feel. Like, there's been some good memes about it. Like, the, the people want Ben Gravy versus the world. So I didn't realize last week. Ben Gravy's initials are the same as Beach Grit's initials. This is the wow. BG World Tour. It's perfect. I didn't even realize that myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there you go. So, yeah. So I don't know what Ben Gravy's doing. Maybe Ben Gravy is in Illinois, in Chicago, chasing the biggest wave to ever hit, theoretically, Chicago Shore. But I'm not, I, mean, I wasn't following that story. What's happening? Oh. Really? Uh, 16 to 18 foot waves are forecasted for Chicago today. Really? Yeah. Uh, in the lake? Yep. Lake Michigan. Crazy. Just That's pumping. insane. Yeah. Just from a wind, wind or storm, obviously. Yeah, I think it was some like specific weather system uh, where, yeah, it must howl or something for a minute there. And obviously, I'm sure it'll be slopped, but I can't imagine Meg Gravy's like, when you hear something like that and you're Ben Gravy, when you hear 16 foot waves on in Chicago, like breaking off of Chicago shore, if you're Ben Gravy, aren't you like booking my ticket? Yeah, of course. You're I, loading up the Sprinter van is what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, just racing, racing north because I mean, this is ultimate novelty, I feel. Totally. Well, this would have been epic for stop number one of BG World Tour. So Ben would, Gravy, and I think, honestly, CJ Hobgood should have been the first opponent. So CJ I mean, should be booking a flight to Chicago. Ben will be loading up the Sprinter van. They can meet on Lake Michigan and then uh, afterwards have, you know, deep dish pizza to celebrate. It's true, except for there's only, and I'm CJ Hobgood, number one fan, but there's one better for this first stop. Okay. Chicago, Chicago native Pat O'Connell. Pat O'Connell, big ball, get big yep. ball in the mix. I mean, imagine Pat O'Connell versus Ben Gravy. Stop one, the ex commissioner of the World Surf League. Epic. That'd be an epic kickoff, and uh, he can also open some new retail stores for Florence Marine X in the Midwest while he's there. Precisely. Does, yeah. I was trying to yesterday when I was posting this story about these sixteen foot waves to hit Chicago. Uh, 
I was trying to find a picture of Pat O'Connell surfing big waves for the post. I could not find one. I really dug deep on Pat O'Connell mm. big wave in the image. And there was like, has Pat O'Connell ever surfed a wave over head high? Which is only five feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm really scratching the recesses of my mind. So I would love to, first of all, figure out how deep you go in your research. Is this just the first page of Google that you search and that's it, it and you give up? Image search, Pat O'Connell big wave, and it was the first page. And there was not one picture of him there surfing a big wave. <laughs> then it doesn't exist. Then he's never done it in his life. If it doesn't exist there, it doesn't. I mean, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm thinking. I sort of was trying to remember uh, Endless Summer too. He and Wingnut never surfed any big waves, did they? No, he surfed cloud break, but it wasn't, I mean, you know, it's not big waves. Sure. Like, I mean, Pat O'Connell has surfed bigger waves, but nothing that would be considered like Evan Slater. No. Mavericks Charger, Toto Santos. Uh, yeah. Like there's people in Pat O'Connell's wheelhouse who have surfed big waves. Has yeah, Pat ever surfed a big wave? I don't think he's ever, when you say big wave, Obviously, I mean, Waimea, that style wave. No, yes. I bet he's been out at sunset when it's big, that sort of thing. But I don't know of him ever paddling out into an actual big wave. Has, has Pat O'Connell surfed Toto Santos? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I couldn't find a picture of it in page one of Pat O'Connell big wave. <laughs> I'll dig through my archive of magazines today. I'll go into the garage, dig them out and start searching for the, okay. you know, 1994 through 2006 or so. I, I, I really think that he hasn't, which also could be another show. Pat O'Connell surfs a big wave. Could be a go. whole nother. I mean, this is not a, a uh, series. But it's, I mean, I guess it's a series, it's not a contest. But getting Pat O'Connell to surf big waves would be pretty fun. I mean, he's thinking Florence X Machine, uh, Machine X, Marine X, John John Florence. Like, they've got to be paddling to outer reefs all the time with Pat O just sitting on uh, the shore. <laughs> yes, just because they're friends and they work in the same company doesn't mean that they do every single thing together. <laughs> um, <laughs> So since we're pitching ideas for new shows, this one came from a listener. Uh, he did not call it in. He DM'd it in, I think. So I'm just going to read you the text. He said, I pitched this idea to Chaz on Instagram and he said he liked it, but he was probably drunk or whatever. So he never followed up. This is the idea. You are going to do a show called The Ultimate Surfer, but there's no surfing, just fighting. No weight classes, men and women together carnage so, by the way i'm going to take a break from the email uh at this point in the email i was like god this is so dumb and then i continued reading and i thought holy cow this is epic this is actually better than anything so it goes on to say men and women together carnage seeing as how in surfing today almost everybody is into brazilian jiu-jitsu or some other martial art it would make sense to see who the ultimate surfer really is so the original idea was just fighting but i've actually explored it some more my new take on it is uh you could have as big of a roster of people as you want anyone willing to throw their hat in the ring gets a go and the matches and all matches are good. So you could have Kamala Alexander choking out Tyler Wright. You could have Kelly Slater going up against Joel Tudor. Who wins? 
who knows? And the top 16 advance to the final at maxing pipe where they actually do surf. What could be better than that? It's totally true. I remember reading this DM thinking this is a great idea at the time where I don't know how the ultimate surfer, let's just be honest. Like, so now we know who won Zeke Lau, which we already know, and Tia Blanco, right? Yep. Uh, who wants to see surfers surf? The ultimate surfer is about everything other than surfing. Which, I mean, this guy hit right on the head. Well, the, there was nothing, first of all, there was nothing ultimate in the surfing that existed in the basin, right? In the wave pool. But re actually using the word ultimate appropriately is what this listener is doing. Like, totally. like just go battle it out. Who's the ultimate person who happens to be a surfer? Like surfer is just their identifying characteristic, but we're not finding out who the best surfer is through this. We're just going to find out who the ultimate person is. And then once we figure you that surf. out, then you guys go surf it out at pipe. That's the ultimate person who, who would you, who would you pick in the ideal draw here from Kamala Alexander to Kobe Aberton to like any, any list of ultimates who, well, who's your number one? fascinating some of those guys are past their prime now you know you would want to put kyborg like as your top pick yeah but i don't know kyborg he's um softened as he's gotten older his new philosophy on life and maybe not as athletic as a 23 year old version of him was you know so i don't know who that 23 year old version is now uh is the 23 year old version does does the 23 year old version exist no, uh, I don't know. Not, not to that degree that those guys did. I mean, or are we just older? And so <laughs> it's like, these guys are who we grew up. I mean, are, is a 16 year old terrified of some pipe enforcer who's 23 that we're just totally unaware of. So full stop, those guys don't exist anymore. I'm pretty sure. You don't think so? Like, no, dude, we're raised ever. From my generation onward, we're raised so much softer than those guys were. We weren't allowed to be macho or masculine. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of, um, it wasn't a celebrated trait like it was in previous generations. And there's so much consequence that comes with it now in terms of legal prosecution, if you actually get in a fight, but then also um, utter shame for not being sympathetic towards your fellow man or woman, you know, was like there, you'll, get, you'll get canceled for stuff. Was there no legal ramifications back, back in the day? I don't think there were, uh, or, I mean, it was a rarity and especially in somewhere like the North shore. But doesn't that seem strange that this, this happened in our lifetime? Like <laughs> it that, happened pretty quick. That, yeah. I mean, I'm always doubtful when things like that happen, but really, come on, there must be some charger today who's really, who's really there, like breaking heads on the North shore. But no, you're saying, no, you're saying this is the same as Pat O'Connell's big wave. <laughs> I, I don't know. Cause I'm not there. So I'm probably not the best person to answer the question, but I don't know of it existing. I mean, if it's existing, it's way on the fringe and it's not nearly as commonplace as it was back then. And I even, mean, yeah. even, Maybe. even for like kids coming up from different countries, let's say where there is less litigation, more machismo culture, um, 
they don't find acceptance on the world stage of surfing if they carry in those kind of uh, that worldview, you know? So do you, there's got to be somebody in Brazil. There's got to be some like heavy enforcer bro in Brazil, a Brazilian kyborg that's 23. He's Probably. the ultimate surfer. I mean, yeah. just like everything ultimate is Brazil now for surf. The ult- ultimate surfer is also 23-year-old Brazilian kyborg. Could be. Uh, is Zeke Lau the ultimate surfer in that, in that paradigm? Well, the thing with Zeke is, like, I would almost want to say yes. Uh, I saw him holding his trophy above his head, his ultimate surfer trophy, in such enthusiastic bliss that it made me think, no, we can't do it. He's, he's not it. You would never catch a picture of like any one of those Wolfpack guys like giddily stoked other than when Andy Irons won contests. I mean, you wouldn't even catch him standing next to Eric Logan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, th- then I thought, okay, it's, it ain't Zeke. He's, he's like ultimate surfer light. Yeah. Um, he's the closest thing that we have to what we were talking about that exists well, in the mainstream because he, he look, has the look of it. He's just not actually punishing dudes. You know? and, and look at what a coincidence that he is actually the ultimate surfer too. I know. How about that? Wow. Foot in mouth. Um, so I, I actually watched the season finale last night. Have you Did watched you? any? Yeah. Have you watched any of the last few episodes? Nope. I watched my 10 minutes and I'm out. Um, it's still not good and we don't need to beat a dead horse in that respect, but I will say um, the appropriate people actually won in terms of like the two best surfers actually won the show. It's a real close battle between Tia Blanco and Brianna Cope. I thought they I surfed mean, Brianna, pretty much you, equally, well, equally well. You you felt Brianna was the breakout star. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of, if she won, she definitely would be, but maybe Tia is going to actually be the uh, breakout star. I think Tia is already kind of a star anyways. Tia is a star, but do you think Tia can actually surf at any level on the WSL? So that was my next kind of question is I'm not convinced that either of them will like Zeke Lau. I think he's, he's a great surfer clearly, but he's a bottom rung. He's not a world champ talent. So he's going to get back onto the seat or he's going to get three wild cards. That's the way that this, uh, did they, did they announce the wild cards? No, they didn't. So it could be random wild card. He could get a Brazilian wild card, a, like any throwaway random wild card. It's not like you get three good waves. I have no idea. Yeah. You could in theory get crappy ones, but I don't think Zeke is going to then storm the world tour at this point. If he ever even requalifies, He'll just be in that 20, 18 to kind of 30 range um, and never really do anything kind of meaningful on tour as far as I'm concerned. Tia Blanco, I kind of feel the same way about. Like she surfs good. I just don't think she has, she's not world-class talent from what I could tell from watching her in the pool. And then she doesn't have the tenacity. She is an absolute sweetheart and adorable and all that sort of stuff. But I don't see her having the tenacity to actually take out other competitors, you know? I mean, that's the the problem with the, not again, I guess we're beating a dead horse here. The problem conceptually with the ultimate surfer was that nobody's, I don't think like got passed by, by professional surfing who, right. Exactly. Who, who like, Oh, you know, like fighting for sure. There's for sure fighters out there. Right. Who, yeah. 
they just they don't have the means or the way in and you throw a, throw them into a show and give them one shot and they can do it uh or maybe become something surfing no like if you're not if you haven't been grinding pro juniors at 13 you're not or 12 or 8 or how whenever they start you're not all of a sudden gonna like oh we we didn't know this guy existed this guy just didn't have a chance to get to a surf contest but look at him he's the best competitive surfer ever in that respect the surfing world is actually really democratic i think like if you are a great surfer in the world the surf industry will give you a shot yeah i mean i sort like yes i think the problem or caveat with that is you basically have to be coastal yeah. Uh, which means you have rich parents probably who are also giving you a shot. But, and then also if you're some poor inland kid, you're never going to learn how to surf at that level. I mean, there's the rare, ex- I mean, you know, even Dane Reynolds, I think to some level came from, where did he come from? Bakersfield, maybe Bakersfield. That's it. Uh, Bakersfield. I don't think he started surfing until he was like 12 or something. Right. Yeah. Correct. Like, and so had like a preternatural talent that wasn't born from this kind of, grow up in the water but yeah i mean when i passed seaside reef all those little kids out there just getting their grind on daily at this at like the youngest ages i don't know how you break through that yeah i just i guess um if you are a talented surfer somewhere in the world that is maybe doesn't have the uh economic opportunity that we have in southern california like costa rica for example carlos muñoz in costa rica uh is developing kind of a world-class level of talent there enough pro surfers come in and surf that area and see that kid in the lineup to where they actually want to give him opportunities and he got his opportunities he got his shots in surfing and you know for a very various number of reasons he's kind of squandered those opportunities and he probably doesn't get the same opportunities that the kid from Encinitas gets certainly or as much forgiveness and grace and all that sort of stuff for when he um, fumbles along the way. But there is a certain democracy to it. Like that doesn't exist in the UFC or in fighting where you can just be an unbelievably good fighter in the middle of nowhere. But if you never actually go to tournaments, nobody will ever know you exist. With surfing, you don't have to go to the tournaments. The industry ends up coming and surfing your local spot eventually. And then they identify you, you know? Yep. Good for surfing. Um, Who would have ever thunk it? Who knew? Yeah. Um, There's a couple of blood feuds that were going on that I had in my show notes from last week. And I think we should hit those now. We've got Ian Cairns versus Lucy Small and Kamale versus E-Foilers. Which would you like to attack first? Let's go go into Kamale first. Because this is, is, I mean, we have a modern or a up-to-date take on all this too. Okay, good. So I'll let you bring me up to speed, but I'll set the table first. Kamale posted an Instagram selfie video um, complaining about the e-foilers off the coast of Hawaii, the billionaires that are foiling off the coast of the Nepal, off the Nepali coast, essentially just to get the shot. And what he's complaining about is you guys are exploiting the beauty of this. Like you're not invested in this. You're not a part of this community. You show up to get your shots. You blast them out on social media. And then, you know, 10 times as many tourists end up showing up in the coming years. So he said, um, e-foilers drive up home prices here. And that ends up driving us out. And 
what are your thoughts on that? And then what, what's the update? I mean, I think that, uh, yes, like he's clearly taking a hypocritical position, right? Like Kamala has posted endless photos, beautiful, you know, beautiful Kawhi photos. Uh, but I think he's aware of his own, like, or, or in the video, he was clearly aware of his own thing. And yeah, I mean, I think he has a valid point, like that this sort of exploitation uh, of this place uh, is uncool. And the fact that it does harm actual people, local people, is lame, right? Like, yeah. which is, I think, a classic surf adage, sort of, of don't blow up the spot. Like, don't go stink and take pictures of yourself. Doing If you actually love this place and love this thing, just leave it be. Like, yeah. which I still don't understand the val instinct to photograph themselves or video themselves surfing non-stop like you know and then the ones who are rich enough to afford to do it in beautiful places like Kauai what are you doing like yeah why are you doing that what like when I go to Kauai I tell people I go to Oahu because yeah. I don't want anybody to know that I'm in Kauai like not well, in terms you just, of just you just did I mean I'm not there and <laughs> never go I've never been I think it's a terrible place, but Kauai, I mean, can't talk too much about Kauai, I suppose, but it is a special place that should not be blown up. And so I fully back Kamala's whole thing. And if it scares any one person out of posting something, including Mark Zuckerberg, then great. Yeah, I know. It's funny. There's a clear hypocrisy that you identified and I'm fully okay with it. You know, it's sure. like, I want... I, I, if you overanalyze any of these uh, pol social kind of political issues of Black Lives Matter and all the uh, presidential election, everything that's been going on in the last two years, COVID, you know, becomes a political issue. Um, when you overanalyze it, there's just so much minutia that you could pick apart. And I kind of understand this, sympathize with both sides. And I don't want to do any of that with this. I don't want to critically assess this. I just see beautiful land. Hey, you enforcers protect it. Like, because I also trust the enforcers to not be, um, indiscriminate. Like there is a code of conduct and they don't have to explain it to me. We don't need it written down a set of rules. I just know when I've gone to those places, Kauai specifically, I treat people with respect. I don't blast, you know, a bunch of the imagery out or like tell, identify, uh, where I'm at when I'm surfing spots and all that sort of stuff. And I don't get harassed by those enforcers. And then I see the enforcers actually picking their battles. And I seem to agree with the battles that they pick. So I'm fully okay with this hypocritical or not. We need enforcers. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, necessarily apply to broad society. You can't just have these kind of rogue agents, enforcing things in, in society at large, but in these little pockets like Kauai, it absolutely works. Localism works. And I think it's actually effective and it serves a purpose. I mean, absolutely completely. And anyone who goes to Kauai and treats or any of the islands to be anywhere, any of the special places on earth, I suppose, like where you don't just don't go in and drive a million miles an hour. And yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it is not your home. And correct. I think that Kamala made that point sort of well. Uh, 
And I, w- I would just hope that it would stick with somebody. I don't know who it sticks with. I don't know either. That's the problem. And even posting it on Instagram feels now kind of like, oh God, that's not the right, that's cheesy. You know, it's like, you're actually doing kind of what you're talking about not doing. But if the older, other alternative is to paddle up to Mark Zuckerberg and punch him out to send the message, I don't know if that's actually going to send the message that broadly either, you know? I mean, if somebody was willing, if somebody was willing to go to go to jail for a long time and or get totally tagged by Zuckerberg's security detail, that would probably send a pretty good message. That'd be incredible, dude. Yeah, <laughs> be a, that would be a such a folk hero. It'd be insane. Um, so the one other thing that is worth discussing in this is that Hawaii was a sovereign nation that was overthrown and indigenous people have been systematically pushed out of their home by the exact same people who came to exploit them. And so there's a much deeper kind of vibe going on here when somebody like Zuckerberg shows up, buys however many acres, hundreds and hundreds of acres that he bought, and then excludes the local people from even traveling through his land to get to the beach and all that sort of stuff. It's, um, it's got bad, (laughs) it's, it's, a pro- it's a it's a uh, pattern you know like it's the latest think, of a long pattern do you think the zuckerbergs of the world and or zuckerberg himself ever uh actually has to face like what he's done in terms of like does he ever face an angry angry local does he like does he wake up in the morning and google news himself or facebook news or whatever they have himself and see oh man people are mad at me or no is he just living he thinks I, pre- I bought a huge chunk of Kauai that I'm protecting because I'm ecological and I'm, you know, we're not going to, we're going to be green on it and whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Or like, is he aware of, of any of that? No, I don't think, I don't think that he is aware of any of that. And I don't think that he has, I think in his position, it's all a lot of yes people around you affirming your decisions and your beliefs. So I don't think that he's necessarily held accountable in the same way that we are. Um, if you remember those Senate hearings, uh, he seemed, well, he seemed like a robot firstly, but he also, so he wasn't really showing any emotion, but I don't think that he actually takes responsibility for um, the way that the platform is being used. The, the platform is being used in the way that it was designed. Right. So he would, he designed it. So he has responsibility for the way that it's being used. But when people are publishing videos of the genocide in Myanmar and using Facebook to actually have the live stream of the genocide, he has responsibility in that they're using the platform in the way it was designed to be used. You know what I mean? So he needs to, there is culpability there, but his taking zero culpability, zero responsibility and I'm only speaking from those Senate hearings, he was taking zero responsibility for all of that stuff. It makes me kind of think that he can justify, he can, he can kind of do the mental gymnastics to justify how things happen and why they happen because his heart was in the right place from the get-go maybe. But I, I don't think that, you know, I don't know. I think he justifies it to himself just because he doesn't have accountability partners holding him. There was a, a New York Times story over the weekend uh, that exposed Facebook has Project Amplify, which is Facebook's aware of its negative, you know, publicity, negative image, I think, in the world. And so is trying to fix it. 
by amplifying uh, positive Facebook or stories that are positive about Facebook on the platform. And then also some of the people are writing them. Uh, and apparently the video of Mark Zuckerberg uh, foiling over the 4th of July holding the flag was part of Project Amplify or oh my God. In, included in there. And so Zuckerberg responded to it and I'm sure he was joking. I don't like, he's such a robot that his jokes are hard to discern, but was mad that the, uh, that that image was considered e-foiling where I was foiling. I was pumping the board with my own legs was his quote. Oh my God. (laughs) Completely clueless. I mean, where I think he's just like to say, I think it must've, he must've been trying to make light of the whole thing of like, Say what you want about my company. I think, you know, like, but don't attack my foiling. Amazing. Yep. That's Amazing. what he thought was the, the appropriate time for either that truth or that joke. Hilarious. Amplified. Completely clueless. I mean, really ridiculous. Um, all right. So we're on the side of protect Kauai and stop yes. talking about Kauai and stop, stop shooting photos at Kauai. And stop also shooting photos of yourself surfing ever. Everyone just stop. Like nobody needs to have a surf shot anymore that we should do a moratorium on surf shots forever i mean for the next like two weeks yeah. a two-week blackout <laughs> just don't shoot yourself surfing nobody needs to see it nobody um, needs to see it literally do you need so, to see it who do you who uh, nine, I, you nine who times I out see? of ten no i need to see john brooks the florida surf film yep. festival uh that dude rips and like charges like there's the rando friend you have who's not a pro who rips and charges. I need to see that guy. If you're not properly ripping and charging, then yeah. don't do it. And certainly a photo don't do, but certainly don't post the Surfline rewind footage either. The grainy <laughs> Surfline rewind footage that's pulled back 400, four, yeah, 400 yards, 700 yards. It's super Of a carving far 360. Of a carving 360. <laughs> 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 yeah, Ron. Um, okay, so Ian Cairns versus Lucy Small. Yeah. This is a bizarre one to me. It's, it's one that, uh, like, oddly, I think it's in our day and age of where these clashes are fun, where blood feuds are fun and all this. These ones, this one was uglier to me because yeah. Ian and Lucy are on the same side here. And I know. They're like Ian is a full dinosaur, yes, but and like speaks, you know, brashly or whatever. Like he's old. Ian is old, came from a different era, but is like, like, I think Ian has a heart of gold, and Lucy's trying to do awesome stuff too. And so them getting into a battle when they're they're each other's best ally in so many ways. So it was just frustrating to me. Great take. I, I agree with you. So Lucy Small, we knew, kind of came into my awareness six months ago or eight months ago when um, she won a surf contest. I think it was at Noosa and she was paid less than her male counterpart who won the contest. And she, uh, when she was called on stage to accept the award, she mentioned that. And she was actually pretty gracious, I thought, in that totally. she like said, hey, thanks for everybody for being involved. Thanks to the sponsors. But I think it is worth noting that my paycheck is, you know, half of the men's paycheck or whatever. Thanks again. And put the mic down and walked away. So it wasn't it wasn't aggressive or anything like that. But anyways, that was my first awareness of Lucy. So 
this incident was she posted a video. Ian Cairns uh, direct messaged her her own video with the caption. The paragraph said, this com- this photo and comment is offensive to me. Fuck you and your condescending attitude. You don't know me. I'm a longtime supporter of women surfing, you fool. You need goodwill from people like me. Uh, so is a, that was pretty aggressive. So I didn't ever get to see because I came into the story late. I didn't get to see the video that Lucy had posted that Ian was offended by, but um, he was offended by it and he took he took it to 60 instantly with Lucy and cussed at her and attacked her essentially. And Lucy said, turns out I do know who you are, Ian, and I'll be posting. And so she screenshotted the conversation and posted it in her Instagram stories. Do you know what the original video was? It was, I think it was a meme of, it was a dude getting hanged, like a, a white man getting uh, hanged. Uh, but, but I think it's a meme. I, I didn't really understand the, as you know, as these things are like memetics or whatever is actually a language now. And clearly Ian doesn't speak it. Uh, and so, yeah, so th- whatever it was, I don't think Lucy meant it like violently or whatever, like let's hang white men. That's clearly how Ian took it, I think, like wrongly. And so, you know, got angry, but Lucy should extend some grace, I feel, or should have extended some grace to Ian. Like, okay, I get it that if that was image was offended, you know, you don't need to come at me all mad. Like I'll still post it, but uh, yeah, like your response is unnecessary, but I also understand you and I hear you, right? Like everybody wants to be heard always perpetually, like, please hear me, except nobody listens to each other. And especially it's easy to dismiss a, you know, old Ian Cairns. I think like here's this old man yelling at me old white man, privileged white man yelling at me, but she didn't hear what he was saying, where I thought what he was saying was like meaningful and true. Like he was offended. Okay. To take that everybody, like everybody's allowed to be offended now, but except for him. Right. Yeah. Well, I think you're totally right. They're both on the same page. Uh, He does care. He is a longtime proponent of women surfing. His wife still rips, by the way. Um, but number one, who cares if you're offended, Ian? You know what I mean? Like unfollow and move on. You don't need to direct message the person that you're offended by and then cuss them out telling them that you're offended as if that but, person would even care. But it's sort of a great, the great part about Ian, right? Is that he does things like that. Like that's what makes Ian, Ian. So for Ian not to do that is asking for like Ian, I think is such a great surf character. Like he's such a, like a beautiful part I feel of surfing history. And maybe many would disagree with me. I'm sure that lots of people listening have had, you know, bad run-ins with Ian. Like I know that he doesn't probably have the greatest, greatest reputation, but like, to me, he is, he is surf essential. Yeah. Well, the one part that I think he got really wrong in his message was he said, you need goodwill from people like me, Sure. which I think is totally wrongheaded and entitled by the way. I don't think Lucy needs any goodwill from Ian, or I'm not sure what he means by people like me. I think Lucy can absolutely do things her own way 
to the beat of her own drum. She doesn't need his acknowledgement. Him thinking that he's a gatekeeper and that he needs to like uh, bestow goodwill on the things that should exist and shouldn't exist, I think is wrongheaded. But I also think that Ian has actually done a ton of work uh, that you and I can jibber jabber about it all day long, right? Ian, I think, has done hard yards of setting up contests, like, you know, really trying to push women surfing out uh, and up. And so, yeah, like it's the, I mean, it's the classic, and I'm sure Lucy could think it, you know, like, I, no, I don't need an old white man, you know, helping me out. Like, I got this, I'm cool. Well, but I think Ian has done hard yards. That gives him a lot of credibility, but she doesn't need him. Like, yes, everything that you said is true. And he did tons of good work at various phases in surfing. But that doesn't mean that he gets to be a gatekeeper on all the other types of surfing that exists. You know, sure, but, like, yeah, but, I've had a podcast for eight years in the surf space. But if somebody else does a podcast in the surf space, I don't get to tell them what to do just because I've done this for longer than them and made inroads. You know what I mean? For sure. But I just thought, like, I suppose that Lucy should have taken a breath and actually uh, gone back and forth with Ian privately, because I think there could have been they could have come to some great, you know, I don't know, friendship like the, the Ian Alliance. I know. Yeah, you go back and forth with them, right? Instead of taking, I th I saw Lucy's thing as sort of showboating that was unnecessary. Like, Agreed. She, she, Ian actually is, of course, she doesn't need his goodwill, all that stuff, but he actually is an ally and she should have hammered it out with him privately and greater good could have been done than sort of the flame. You know, I'm an expert in the bright burst of a blood feud, right? Like the, excuse me the one moment that it pops up but then it's done like nothing nothing good or bad will come of this exchange there be there will be no people got to talk about it for a minute that's it right yeah. where she could have actually yeah. done some work with Ian and maybe I fully, she still can yeah I fully agree with you and I felt like a, like you mentioned at the beginning that it was uglier than it needed to be um I'm curious from an optic standpoint does this reflect on the WSL like, given that Ian is what you said, he is kind of a, a forefather of professional surfing and one of the founders. So just from an optic standpoint, if you step back, it's like this person who is a founder is kind of still representing or associated with this entity. And he is his worldviews are a little dated, let's say. I mean, talk about hypocrisy. It shows the vast hypocrisy of the World Surf League, I think, to claim that it was founded in 1976. But then also, they don't really ever bring Ian or these guys, like, they don't list him as a founder on the thing, right? Where they should. Like, if, they're, if you're going to claim you were founded in 1976, then you should actually have the lineage uh, very clear and celebrate Ian and things like this. Like, they don't do anything, right? They don't, I mean, it is founded in 1976 by yeah. Eric and Eric Logan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They do, they have, you know... People come in to commentate, Sean Thompson come in to commentate, you know, at the lowers event or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their responsibility is in that respect. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to be associated. If you're going to claim you, you were founded in 76, you better yeah. then honor the actual founders of professional surfing where, and I don't know that Ian doesn't feel honored, but it doesn't, doesn't seem like he's ever honored. It doesn't seem like any, I mean, it's literally 76, Dirk Ziff, 
1976. This is when Dirk Ziff birthed surfing, professional surfing into the world. When Dirk Ziff was hiding outside of the, what was the hotel called back in the Bust in the Door days? I forget. Well, uh, it wasn't the. Uh... Yeah, I totally forget. Um, I think Dave Crodan did a podcast with Ian, though, if they, in terms of honoring. <laughs> that's the extent of honoring. Um, do you want to hear? Okay, so talk about culpability. Uh, we got a complaint from a listener, if you would like to hear it. Let's go. All right, let me see if I could pop this up. Hey, David Lee Scales and Chad Smith. This is James from San Francisco. Uh, following up on the uh, surf cam topic I had brought up, and that was brought up on your show. So I took that advice of, you know, screwed cams, not going to look at it today, didn't even check, and pulled up to the beach and said, oh, shit, it's actually double overhead and pumping when the charts were saying five to six foot. Uh, so I was severely undergunned. And still went out, you know, managed to pick off a couple, but, you know, maybe the camps do have a point. I don't know. Let's have the, the listeners decide. So we talked him out of looking at surf cams and then he was undergunned. Well, guess what? I bet those waves he had undergunned were really, really fun. We are, also, we are faultless in our advice, blameless in our advice always. Never, never a bad word spoken here. Uh, but seriously, like the last couple days, uh, yeah, I've, I've surfed now three whole days in a row, not counting today. Uh, just rock down Hemingway discovered surfing loves to go, loves to paddle out. Just go yesterday. It was, or day before yesterday. Sorry. Like, I don't even know. I didn't begin to look at surfline it was so fun out there it was like i would have never if i would have seen it on a cam i would have never gone it looked totally flat but there was these weird little nuggets popping up right yeah and it was so much fun the joy of surfing is robbed by cameras still um and this, yeah. this pro should have had a have a step up in your car if you're gonna go I, surf have a damn step up in your car that was gonna be my advice is bring two boards like yeah. i I told you, I call the surf report rather than looking at the cams and based on what it says, I'll generally bring two, at least two boards, you know? And yeah. so, um, but I agree the, the sentiment or the philosophy behind this argument for me is that keep expectations low. So once you start checking the cams, you're like, okay, there's one that's good enough for me to go or whatever. You just start setting these expectations and you're inevitably going to fall short of them. So what a wonderful thing to show up to the beach thinking it's going to be five feet, like he said, and then it turns out to be double. You're yep. like, oh my God, that's amazing. So now you're just going to enjoy no matter what, because you're expecting something less. And also kick yourself for not putting, nobody has a car small enough for one surfboard only, unless he was driving a motor scooter to the beach. He has no excuse. I've uh, been getting messages from people because we were telling them never to put your boards on a board rack. So I've gotten a number of messages of boards crammed in the car. Good. And it's just like a complete nightmare, full chaos in the car, but they're just like so proud to share it, you know? Where they belong. Boards yeah. belong inside with the family. Exactly. All right, Chaz, I think we should go to commercial break and then come back with Vero or not. Let's do it. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back. Exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to be back in person, to be honest. All right, next week. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this week, we didn't say at the top of the show, it's kind of my fault, but I guess if you're in LA, it's equal, both of our faults. Yeah. It's equal. Tough scheduling. Tough scheduling. Dude, so here's what people don't know. Meeting you in San Clemente, we record, let's say, 90 minutes. That's not 90 minutes out of my day. That is five hours out of my day. It is really the day. It is, we got to be there at 10 o'clock. It's a 45 minute drive for each of us. So it cuts, my complete morning is gone. And then the 45 minute drive back means I'm not home until one oftentimes, because I've got to do some uploading and stuff while I'm there. So it's it's a big commitment. It's a huge commitment that we do for the people. Exactly. There you go. Uh, I'm just going to keep asking you every week. Did you watch the Val doc yet? I haven't yet, but I, it's still, it's still, I get to move back to the TV. So yeah. Okay. All right. We'll revisit that next week again. Uh, Barrel or not. I was called out this week. The listeners want to know barrel or not posting birthday posts on Instagram of your partner. Yes. I'm going to say barrel. I'm going to say I am not a personal Instagrammer. I don't have lots of photos of family, but I think there are certain occasions that you're doing it for the loved one, right? Like, and it just is what it is, people. Like, you may dislike it. You may not want to do it, but you do it for them. It is a show of love for your partner. It's not a brag. It is not a look at me. It is not 
anything to do with any kind of vanity. I think when you, when you do that, it just is what you're supposed to do. Shout it from the mountaintop. Yep. Like it or not. I don't like to do it. It's not done. It doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy to put anything personal on Instagram, but yeah, it's, it's what is expected and is the right thing to do. I did it a day late. <laughs> did you get busted? I told her the day of, I was like, well, first of all, we had a full weekend celebration. So like there was no uh, concern from her, whether or not I love her. You know what I mean? Like sure. she fully got the full embrace, but the day of her family's posting all this stuff about her. And um, I was like, I told her, I go, Hey, the photos I have of you, they're too intimate to post, you know, and they're not nudes or anything like that. It's just of us. Um, like private life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Not, not us posing together essentially is. And so she's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, so I don't think I'm going to post anything about like, I, I don't have any photos to post. Cause I don't want to reveal some of these kind of more private moments, you know? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. I don't give a care. I don't give a crap. And then I woke up in the morning and I realized I had a video on my phone that was post worthy. So I posted that. And then I got called out by listeners. So, But it's, I think like listeners just take one on the chin and do it you do it for your loved one. I also wonder, like, there's a privacy concern. One of the most um, commonly asked questions when you're logging onto a site and it's a security question is your birth date. So yeah. if you post your birth date on social media, and then maybe the hackers can find your address pretty easily. They can find your mom's maiden name pretty easily. Maybe you posted your dog's name on Instagram. And so that's a security question. You can, you can nail two out of three or three out of three of those security questions and hack into people's stuff. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, seriously. Um, so posting, my point is posting your wife's birthday a day late, a week late is probably savvy. Is a smart move. But again, never post your own birthday but post your loved ones. Okay. Got it. Barrel or not allowing your children to curse. Oh, barrel. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is a mixed one. This is a mixed one for me. Like not stigmatizing it early, I think is good. Like where, who cares? Who, who cares about these words? But then I will say when I hear cursing children, it really drives me crazy. Like I was at a Panda Express the other day couple months ago probably sitting there enjoying my panda express and there was like a table full of 11 12 year olds just cursing like sailors like little skatey north county kids and i wanted to go wash each and every one of their mouths out with soap so yeah. i'm gonna say nah i guess i'm going nah and i don't even know why it it falls into the same category as adult men wearing shorts in public where it's just kind of undignified you know yeah. like have some dignity like I don't know what the rules are. I don't know why they're that way, but they are. And we have nothing without this kind of decorum or civilized society. We are blessed to live in a civilized society. And a lot of these um, progress that we've made doesn't serve a hunter and gatherer purpose, but that's what makes us civilized is that now we are able to make these kind of more I don't know, uh, enlightened decisions and choosing your vocabulary wisely and uh, having some thoughtfulness put into it and all that sort of stuff is part of that. And yeah, there's something just ugly about 
it's gross especially, yeah especially publicly like for me as a father like i would laugh i mean bad words were funny for me around the daughter early uh but she never picked up like she feels very uncomfortable saying bad words and as she should we I all agree. should i agree it's it's almost embedded in her dna like she just instinctively knows good versus bad right versus wrong and then also as it relates to words there's good this words and there's bad words she just it knows. doesn't feel good doesn't yeah doesn't. no no cursing okay no barrel all right no barrel uh barrel or not cj hobgood just posted a video our beloved cj just posted a video putting a traction front traction pad on his surfboard and said so long to wax never gonna need you again barrel or not front traction we, I think we have discussed this before. CJ, full barrel. CJ surfs good enough to front traction. Was he putting octopus on? What front front traction was he putting? I can't say. I don't remember. Okay, but CJ Hobgood, barrel. You okay. and me, no barrel. The listener, likely no barrel. What's Unless, the difference? If you rip and can do a big old air, front traction you, all day long. You have to if, be doing an air. Yeah, if you surf good, have fun. Don't do front traction. Um, his caption, yes, it was an octopus pad and his caption was actually way better than what I said. He said, never again will I associate with a waxer. Oh yeah, I mean, good CJ, yes. If you surf as good or in the vicinity of CJ Hobgood, front traction all day long, but you better stink and rip. Okay, there you go. From the mouth of Chaz. Yep. I'm not doing front traction. All to say. Um, all right. Well, hey, enjoy your day in LA. Thanks for taking the time away from the kids to do this. And I look forward to seeing you this weekend at the boardroom show. Can't wait on Saturday. Okay. Saturday, not Sunday. Just Saturday. Yeah. Oh, I'll be Sunday probably too. Okay. Sweet. Come yep. by both days. I'll be there. Awesome. Uh, and I guess that is all we have for today, Chaz. Until next week. Yeah, barrel. Mm-hmm.